Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hello and welcome to The Nine Line Podcast. We are VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System's veteran resource for healthcare information. I'm your host, John Archiquette, public affairs specialist here at the VA, and with me is my Usual co-host, the, uh, are you still General George Patton? Yes, I am so happy that you remembered that from last <laughs> week. Yes. Uh, I, Joshua Gray, yes, aka. I'm, I'm actually Joshua Gray. I am not George Patton. And uh, I'd like to be, though. <laughs> well, maybe not. He's, you know, no longer with us. But mm-hmm. Well, know. welcoming back our, uh, our, I guess, almost at this point, our, our third co-host. This is uh, <laughs> his second time joining us. Oh, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, Chief of Mental Health, Tim Jobin. How's it going? Good. How about you guys? I'm not too bad. Thank, My, uh, thank you for having us on today. We absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very yeah. important topic to talk about that we're going to get into today. So, Definitely. Yeah. So last week we or two weeks ago we had the wait, wait, October wait, 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 podcast wait, 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 wait. for we have another guest. Well, I know. I'm okay. Okay. Don't worry. I'll introduce her. Okay. Fine. Fine. So fine. I'll, let you, I'll let you do you. you. Do you? That's fine. Josh is definitely the more controlling one in the relationship. Right. <laughs> John more laid back. Josh very controlling. But yes, we're saving the best for last with Keith. Oh, but thanks. anyway, go. On. So I was going to say October. You know, we're, we're recording this October first. And it's the, you know, beginning of pharmacy month. Two weeks ago, we had our pharmacists on, <laughs> right? So to kind of conclude September, September was suicide prevention month. Right. And that's a, a very important month for us here at the VA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we consider, you know, suicide prevention and preventing veteran suicide to be our, our chief clinical priority here. Uh, so we're going to welcome one of our uh, first time guests. Yes. This is Kiva Rice, and Hello. she's here representing the Suicide Prevention Service. Hello, all. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. really excited Thank you for to be joining here. Us. Thanks. It's always good to have another uh, Ohio representative. Oh, Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> Woohoo. Representing. So, you know, one of the, the common mantras that we hear surrounding veteran suicide was the, the 22 veterans are committing suicide every day. Mm-hmm. Now, 2017, which was the last year, the most recent year that uh, figures are available, the the average has actually dropped down to 17 veterans who are currently who are who who have served on active duty and were activated as guard or reserve. Now, perhaps the most telling data is that of those 17, only six were active within the VA. Uh, That means that almost two thirds of veterans who take their own lives have actual like no connection to the VA. So, Kiva, how do you bridge that gap? How do you, as a the suicide prevention representative, how do you reach out to those people? So, I think that's a great question. First, I kind of want to um, kind of address the nomenclature um, and some of the safe messaging about commit. Um, I, a lot of what's really powerful um, is language. Um, so, I it's kind of preferable that you use die by suicide versus commit. It implies a crime. So. Um, I do want to talk about um, bridging that gap. Um, So we bridge that gap through community prevention strategies um, and evidence-based clinical strategies. The VA has expanded their partnerships um, with current partners representing hundreds of different organizations and corporations um, on the national and local levels. 
um, including veteran service organizations, professional sports teams, and employers. Um, so I think we bridge the gap because we continue to partner in the community to reach those veterans. Um, so like in 2008, SAMHSA, uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Commission, and the Veterans Health Administration partnered for strategic implementation of suicide prevention practices, strategies um, for service members, veterans, and their families. Um, and the city, La city of Las Vegas was one of the selected um, organizations or cities. So we are participating in mayors and governor's challenges. So we are trying to get the word out there. Yeah, I know that was a, a big project or a big initiative that went through a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, has anything changed with that program? We're continuing to implement um, suicide. So best practices for suicide, like I mentioned, with safe messaging, um, with having toolkits for lethal means um, discussions um, and coaching veterans into care. Um, for loved ones and family members and peers of service members and veterans. Um, so it is, is continuing, actually. So when you see those numbers, when you see that, you know, it's, it's 22 a day, but mm -hmm. we only have exposure really to seven. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how does that make you feel? Like, do you feel like we could have done so much more? And that's for you too, Tim, that, that you know, what's, uh, how, how does that, how does that make you feel? Like, um, it's it's an opportunity to me um, that we need to actually do more. Um, always, we can always do more. Um, I believe that we are actively always trying to reach in rural communities and out there in the community because first we got to get them in. Um, first, we've got to get them in and recognize that there is treatment and that it's okay to not be okay. I think for me, I, I mean, you asked the feeling question, so I would say. Probably two feelings. There's hmm. sadness and frustration sure. on those because, man, I we work with so many veterans, and I think even in our own lives, but we go through these dark periods, and we feel like we can't get out of them. And these young guys come in, and our older veterans, you know, and when I say guys, men or women come in, and they're in these really dark places, and they feel like there's no way out. And I get that, but there, it things can clear so quickly, and there can be a way out. Nothing is insurmountable. So to see so many people take their lives basically based on the perception of something that's not real. The reality is you can get out of this, mm -hmm. you know, but there's this feeling that I can't. And so when I look at this from, from a major perspective, um, I always reflect on the campaign to, to cut back on tobacco use. And I know that, you know, veteran suicide is, is different on some level, but the whole I mean, we can just look at the United States, really the whole United States took that on health systems, billboards, mm -hmm. private businesses, but they took a public health approach to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. And there's been a huge decrease in smoking as a result of that. That's benefited numerous individuals across the country. We can do the same with suicide prevention. So that's why I'm so glad Kiva brought up the partnership with the sports teams. I think here in Las Vegas, you know, mm -hmm. we're seeing some of the casinos um, uh, for smoking go, um, 
go to non-smoking. But to see them start to turn that attention on preventing veteran suicide is a huge deal too. There's a ton of veterans that work in the service industry here. So that's just kind of a micro example of here in Las Vegas. But if we saw that really across the entire nation where everybody gets involved, everybody makes preventing veteran suicide a priority, we'll really start to see those numbers come down. And getting people linked with services in the VA you know, is a huge benefit for them when it comes to preventing veteran suicide and dealing with some of those issues that can result. And I I think you said something that I think is really at the crux of the matter for me personally, when I look at this, is that, you know, they have to want to come in. Absolutely. Right. I mean, and we've talked about this before with the kind of the 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 macho aspect of of some veterans, where I mean, it's great that we have all of these programs, but if they don't want to come in, then where do we go from there? Well, I think stigma plays a huge role. Um, I It's kind of my own personal mission to actually view suicide in the public health vein. Like we don't get uncomfortable talking about diabetes. We don't get uncomfortable talking about high blood pressure. However, you say suicide and everything clams up and changes um, for people. And it definitely, and we need to be, we as people who actually in healthcare actually have to get comfortable and we have to talk to people about it and have a conversation. Well, I, I think that, you know, that probably goes into a lot of aspects of mental health. Absolutely. You know? you know, it's so ingrained in our society that, you know, you look at somebody who has cancer, or who mm-hmm. has lupus or something, and it's like, well, you know, I'm sorry you're suffering from this. And then you see someone with depression, it's like, well, just feel better. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I saw it was a, a meme on, I think I brought up a meme on Facebook last time too. So I apologize for that. That's not a very factual source of <laughs> hard hitting information. But um, I, it was like, you know, it would be like telling somebody with asthma to just, you know, take deeper breaths. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. very depression, mental health issues, very sad. But I think that, I mean, at least from what I'm seeing, it, people are looking at it more from a parity perspective. So mental health issues, mental health treatment is becoming more and more accepted. And people are concerned that, oh, if I talk about suicide, I'm going to make it mm-hmm. worse. That's not the reality. Mm-hmm. The reality is if you talk about it, you're going to bring it more out into the open mm-hmm. and it's going to be easier to talk about. So if you think somebody's struggling with that, you talking about that with them is not going to make them, you know, Run out take and do their it. lives. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's going to, um, it's actually going to help them. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking that risk and moving forward, I think is an important, important thing to keep in mind. You know, one thing that I think some veterans may look at with the VA mental health and VA suicide prevention and say, you know, well, I didn't really suffer from PTSD. You know, I've got, maybe they're struggling through mental health issues, but they're unrelated to their service. Um, You know, right now with coronavirus and with, with, you know, the isolation that we're seeing, I'm sure you guys are probably seeing a a large increase in completely non-service connected mental health issues, like the rest of the the general public, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Uh, How do you, you know, let veterans know that you're still here for them, uh, you know, outside of the normal scope of veteran issues? Um, I think we, we are always attempting to get the word out that we are here, that, you know, it's, again, okay not to be okay. And that help is, you know, I, I always say that it's very courageous to seek help. Um, it takes a lot of courage to feel, and it takes a lot of courage to admit feeling bad. Um, so I think that it's, that's the most important piece and it doesn't have to be related to service. We actually encourage veterans, um, when we are in, in, um, public spaces and outreaches to just come and see, just come and see, um, contact our enrollment department, contact, um, eligibility, 
um, just come and see. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're service connected. And I think it's important to note that, you know, I'm, I'm going to use uh, an analogy here with something personal from me, that it doesn't make itself evident right away. You right. know, you may have something that happened in the military true. that you're fine with it then, mm-hmm. but later you're not. I mean, when I got out of the military, I got out and I'm like, oh yeah, I feel fine. You know, I, mm-hmm. I never went through the process with uh, uh, getting a rating from the VA or anything because I felt fine, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I had had a, a, suffered a shoulder injury while I was in the, in, in, in the Air Force doing PT. Like it wasn't, it wasn't combat related. It wasn't really even on a training exercise. It was, we were out playing ultimate Frisbee and I partially dislocated my shoulder. It's the most right? Air Force injury it, it Absolutely <laughs> is. Um, but, you know, and when I got out, it was fine. Shoulder didn't bother me. Uh, I've been out of the Air Force for four years now and now my shoulder sucks. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it always hurts. So it, it, it seems like that's, the, you know, there's some things that might not manifest right away. That's true. But, you know, later maybe something triggers it four years down the road and now you need help. Mm-hmm. Definitely. One question that I have is, you know, lately when I've come up to public affairs, I've seen John giving you a shoulder massage. Is that why? No. It's unrelated to us. Absolutely. We're very comfortable with this. That's I shouldn't joke around. This is a very serious topic that we're talking about. But I will say this also additionally. So what we're seeing with, uh, you know, we have our sister facilities in our visit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have Hawaii. We have NorCal. We have San Francisco. And actually here in Las Vegas, we have the highest um, utilization of mental health out of all of our facilities. Um, And so it's really, really nice to see that our veterans are comfortable Mm -hmm. using our our services here out of the 70,000 veterans that take advantage of uh, uh, that that use VA mental health services 33% of them take advantage of mental health services here so that's really really great to see that happen mm-hmm. so um, we want to continue to encourage that and we're expanding services now too um, we've done that we've, we've added our residential but one thing that we're really focusing on this year is our PCMHI program that's our primary care mental health integration program so just an example Back in the day, veterans would walk in, they'd see their primary care uh, provider, they'd have a mental health issue, and they'd say, hey, schedule for mental health on the way out out the door. So they'd go out, they'd get an appointment maybe a few weeks down the road or a month down the road or something like that. Now we have providers ready to go for a warm handoff the minute that they see their primary care providers. So they walk in. They see that primary care provider, they mention the mental health issue, the primary care provider right then will do a warm handoff to a mental health provider and they can get care right there on the spot. And the nice thing about that kind of care is it's considered, even though it's mental health care, it's considered primary care and it's short term. So just because you're going into mental health care doesn't mean you have to be there forever. It might be a short issue that you come in, you get some help with, and then you're back out on your own. Um, you're not on your own, but you're Almost back like a tune-up. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, you know? So you're not going in for like a total overhaul, but yeah, you're going in for an oil change or something something quick, you know? Um, and, and that's a lot of mental health issues. And a lot of mental health issues don't need that long, mm-hmm. long care. So we really encourage people to take advantage of that too. But I think you talk, you talk about stigma and I think that's kind of where we're at as a society. Either you're fine or you're, 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 you know, red alert, you need lots mm-hmm. of help. Mm-hmm. Like yes. nobody said, nobody understands that, Hey, maybe you went through something at work 
and mm -hmm. it didn't sit right with you and you just need to go talk to somebody mm -hmm. about it yeah. right or maybe yeah. hey you had something happen while you were in the military and it's not like not gonna make you go into a full-blown depression or something but right. you know every once in a while it's like you know i could probably talk to somebody about this yeah. so yeah you know uh, how do you is it just destigmatization or how do you how do you change that i think the public health approach the more mm -hmm. that we talk about it the more mm -hmm. accepted it is i mean even now mental health is much more accepted than it was 20 mental health care is much more accepted than it was 20 years ago but i think you brought up a good point josh and I, just to go back to the car analogy it's like if you ignore that tune-up for long enough yep. your car is going to break down okay. you know so if something's bothering you if you're having issues in your relationship either mm -hmm. even sometimes that's like the the starting point where people will start to see that take advantage of it now because if you wait too late you know your engine's gonna blow yeah. so you might as well take advantage of it now while you still have and the great thing about the va is the services are are um are here and they're ready to go you know and um even if you have a copay in the va the copays are very affordable compared to the private sector many of our veterans don't have a copay thanks to service connection so utilize the services they're here um and they're uh they're good services really robust yeah really robust and i think it's really interesting um for pcmhi because people will come in they may not come in because of their pressed but they'll come in to get their flu shot they'll come in because they've got the sniffles they'll come in because they can't got this cold that they can't get rid of and now all those other things once we ask more questions and have screening we can find out hey we have someone that you can just talk to so it's kind of a good introduction to mental health absolutely and, so and having really that warm helpful. handoff is great too because yeah. it kind of breaks through that stigma you're already you know you're working with somebody who you're familiar with you have that that sense of familiarity with that with that provider mm -hmm. and they can introduce you to someone who you can talk to. So. But you also don't have the chance to talk yourself out of it. True. Also, That's like, so like, true. Like I've had stuff where I, I needed dental work and they're like, Oh, you want to schedule this for, you need to get your teeth pulled. You need to schedule this for so, so much down. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Good. But if later. they, did, but if they just said, Hey, these need to come out right now, go get in that chair. You I'm know, here now. I'm here now. I'm here but, already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say that people, you know, you deal when you don't deal with emotions, they deal with you. Mm -hmm. that's a good point. Um, so I think that's kind of the tune up, like before it becomes a crisis, how about we just kind of address what's going on for you? Definitely. The other thing that I just want to remind people of is that we do have, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to four thirty. You can walk in at any of our locations here mm -hmm. um, and, and start mental health care. So you don't have to wait or anything like that. You can go right in. So that's you know all four corners of the valley and here at uh, at the medical center. And then I, I think the other piece in conjunction with that is, unlike, I would say I don't know if I I should it's. Many times you don't see really robust evening and weekend clinics. But we have a lot of evening appointments. We have Saturday clinics across the entire valley. Our Saturday clinics are always highly utilized. You know, I always look at Vegas as a 24-7 city. Mm. So, no, I don't have mental health appointments going at midnight and things like that for patients. But we do try and have later appointments, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, and on the weekends too. So, take it. You know, that's another way to, to take advantage of that. And then we have a lot of VBC. So, if it's inconvenient for you to come in, mm. VBC, that's our video platform for veterans to get mental health care we can just go on lunch break and we'll beam right to your mm -hmm. car over lunch you know it, we right. just, yeah. you know care is better than no care so you may you know you sometimes you hear from purists like oh but it's got to be in person but 
sure, maybe that's the preferred, but we st- you can still have really good mental health care via video too. Yeah. You know, we found that out due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another option that people can take advantage of and get in. And you know, the, the, the service is really, if you need to come and stay here for a while, you know, you can stay here up to 60 days, you know, in one of our, in our new residential program, if you need a shorter term stay for acute crisis hospitalization, we've got 2E, but we've got all of our outpatient visits too, so. Lots of options and a yeah. robust selection of, of so care. So many options. Yeah. And so, the crisis line. I got to yeah, say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the crisis yes. line. Course, 24-7, yeah. 365, chat, text. It's there. So yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and discuss more things with the uh, suicide prevention coordinators here. Awesome. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to the Nine Line Podcast with John, Josh, and joining us right now, we have Ms. Kiva Rice. Hi, guys. Tim left. Tim left. He, he, he left had his us. phone. He said there was a Charizard he had to go, go catch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not going to appreciate me saying that after he left, but you know, I'm surprised you haven't gotten your phone and chased it down. <laughs> I, I am committed to the show, see, Good. and I have to be here because I'm a host. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of do. <laughs> So the topic of the day is uh, suicide prevention, mm-hmm. and with Suicide Prevention Month just wrapping up, um, it's a it's a very important issue here at the VA. Um, with Southern Nevada being a, a fairly vast area, you know, we're centered here in Las Vegas, and I think a lot of you know people who work here live in Las Vegas, but it's a large catchment area. Huge. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we stretch from from here over to, you know, we have re- uh, veterans who come up here from California, from Utah, from Arizona. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, our clinic in Laughlin is right on the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a lot of veterans who live in rural communities. And from what I've seen, statistically, it seems that, uh, ve- like, not just veterans, but people living in rural communities tend to struggle a little bit more 
with suicidal ideation. Um, how big of a struggle is that for you guys? Um, it's a, it, it can be a struggle. What's great is kind of what Tim mentioned is VVC, the proliferation of being able to video connect and do telehealth is great. Um, but we also do outreaches. Um, uh, one of our duties on suicide prevention is actually to do, to conduct outreach. Um, and, and that is, it was in person um, pre-COVID. Um, now it's with caring com- com- like communications um, for veterans in rural areas um, and also disseminating information. We also utilize community partners because we kind of have to. Um, but we have an, there's, the VA has an office of connected care that actually kind of expands, you know, care that is making sure that we are trying to get them services um, virtually. Um, again, with the use of telehealth, we use um, community behavioral health, behavioral health specialists, um, community care facilities, um, and they help with um, coordinating and partnering with us and collaborating with us to get care. Does having such a, a large catchment area make your job a little bit more <laughs> difficult? Just because, just because of the fact that you know. When you live in a certain location, you have a certain mindset. Sure. Right? If you live in a city, your mindset is different than somebody who lives in a rural location. Absolutely. But but even then, you know, Laughlin and Pahrump are different. You know, the, different. The, the kind of people that, that live in those individual places, the, the mindsets of the two cities are just different. Mm-hmm. So how hard does it make your job having to constantly recalibrate to though all that those different mindsets where if somebody has a more focused uh area that they have to deal with you know generally the the mindset is generally the same i think it's important to familiarize yourself with the population that you're dealing with regardless of where they are um what i will say is that it is more there are more robust when you're in the city, you have, you know, multiple hospitals you can go to, multiple, you know, options. When it's rural, not so much. Um, so you kind of familiarize yourself with what is available, what resources are available in the area so that fortunately you can tell them. What I will tell you is it's shockingly um, it, it, when you interface with someone that's, let's say, in a Fort Mojave, Arizona, um, or a Bullhead City, mm-hmm. Arizona, and you deal with someone in Pahrump, strangely, they're actually, their concerns seem to be kind of similar. Um, so again, as long as we have the available resources, that's what we're trying to provide and let them know that there is help available and how we can, how they can more readily access that. So one thing that, you know, a lot of veterans living out West, they enjoy the the freedom of, of being kind of in a uh, a less uh, controlled area, Absolutely. I guess you'd say. Um, <laughs> and there's a, a very large percentage of people who are, are gun owners here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, both veterans and and the general population. So uh, they say, recent studies have shown that nearly 40% of Nevada residents are currently uh, gun owners. And, you know, as we know, most veterans are, have a large familiarity with firearms and are comfortable owning them and Kind of comes with the territory exactly, of being yeah. in the military. The right? vast guys, majority yeah. of them Comfort. are responsible gun owners. Right. Comfortable, yeah. Um, but we also see that in Nevada and amongst veterans that suicide by firearm mm-hmm. is a lot higher mm-hmm. and tends to be a lot more fatal. Yes. Uh, you know, suicide attempts seem fact. to be you know, much more lethal That's than a, a firearm. Yes. Um, how do you approach that kind of uh, you know without 
upsetting people who obviously have a, a strong relationship with their firearms. How do you teach them responsible ownership and keep these things in mind? So it, we respect, you know, the important role the firearms play for our veterans flat out. Okay. And I think it's, it's all about having a conversation. The reality of it is, is that 90%, 90% of attempts that involve firearms turn out to be fatal. They go on to die by suicide versus 5% of every other method combined. So we would be remiss in not talking about the importance of firearm safety. That does not mean taking your guns. That does not mean that. Mm -hmm. It means having safe storage, having a conversation about keeping, possibly keeping the ammunition separate, possibly changing, having someone else change the locks for you. Um, It means, you know, having those conversations about what will it take? You know, what are you willing to do just while you're feeling like this? Um, I think it's really important because it can actually save lives. As long as we can put some time and space between the firearm, that's great. Um, We actually provide here at the VA, we provide cable locks or trigger locks for free. Um, And if you say, hey, I got 10 guns, we can say, hey, we'll get 10 locks for you. (laughs) So, I mean, we will provide as many as you need, even if we have to bring in reinforcements. um, We are giving them to you. We are all about having, you know, gun locks and safes. And we want to make sure that there's that we are having those discussions about lethal means. And it's not just firearms. It's actually, you know, safe disposal of pills as well. We are very mindful of what um, individuals' methods are. That's a staggering statistic, though. You said 5%, 5% of all other of me- all means? other means combined. Wow. Yeah. There's very little negotiation with a firearm. Absolutely. You know, very little. Um, so they are, they are, they tend to be more lethal attempts. So that is why we're having those conversations. Um, so I'm a gun owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can never really see or foresee a position or a problem in my life, whether it's domestic or with myself or anything like that, where I would feel that the gun is the answer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about what kind of, uh, techniques or or counseling do you offer to try and uh, impart upon somebody who may be suicidal or may just not be suicidal but maybe having problems that know the gun is not the answer like how, how do you do that so i think what's really important is safety planning so okay um a, a safety plan is kind of an emergency plan, right? So if I'm if I'm talking to someone who's actually suicidal and having those thoughts and has a firearm or has other means available to them, um, the the conversation that I'm going to have with them is what can we do? How do we make your environment safe? How do we recognize? Because it's it is literally the time between an acute crisis. Um, a suicidal crisis and the time that the thought happens between the time the thought happens to the action is very brief, very short. Um, It's kind of, people say it's a very impulsive act. Some people, they may have been thinking about it for a long time, but between the time that an acute suicidal crisis happens, it's time limited and super brief. So the goal is to give them time and space to recognize that, you know, the gun is not the answer. So if you have a cable lock and you got to find the key, and you gotta go and you gotta get it and you gotta pull it out. And by that time, you're saying, what am I doing? Do I really wanna do this? Um, by the time you have to go and, and unlock that lock that you can't remember or have someone else, 
um, put in that code. It's some time. We need time um, because the suicidal crisis passes and you realize that there are things to live for. So that's what we're hoping for. So safety planning and having those discussions is really important. So other than the, the outreach that you do and, you know, providing the, the counseling materials, what are some of the other roles of the suicide prevention counselor? How big is the team here? Like, give us a, a breakdown of what of it us. looks like. There are five of us and ladies. Um, I'm going to shout them out. Hey, girls. Um, <laughs> all right. And um, they are super, super, super hardworking. Um, there are, um, we are all coordinators and a large part of what we do is the um, maintenance of the high-risk veterans here um, at this facility. Um, we also um, provide um, follow-up for all the veterans crisis line calls in this catchment within one business day. Oh, wow. And let me just tell you, that's a huge part of what we do every day. Um, another facet of what we do is staff training and consultation. So, hey, you know, if, if people have questions about a high risk, how to handle someone that's high risk, um, they actually consult with us. We do a pretty substantial amount of training. We also do a lot of outreach, community partnerships, you know, work groups, workshops, and initiatives in the community. Okay, so it sounds like you guys have a lot on your plate. <laughs> Too much on our plate. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, you guys can come help. <laughs> so much. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. We want to thank you very much for being here, of Kiva. Of course. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. Also, thank great. you to Tim. Yep, thank you, Hope, Tim. Thank you, Hope Tim. You, Hope you caught Charizard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, to, to reiterate what he mentioned uh, earlier, you know, we do have same-day services available for mental health. Absolutely. Um, if you are in an urgent care situation or, you know, you just absolutely at that moment need somebody to talk to, the Suicide Prevention Hotline uh, is, is always there. Always there. Always there. It's 800-273-8255. Press 1 for veteran. And they are available for chat. They're available for text. Um, they're available anonymously. So please call. And we just want to remind veterans that uh, not related to suicide prevention, but our flu shot clinics are up and running at uh, the VA uh, Medical Center, as well as all of our clinics. Um, so make sure you stop by and check those out because it is imperative that right now, more than ever, the flu shot is very important. Um, you know, we're facing a very real risk of, of having, you know, COVID and flu season simultaneously. So if you haven't gotten your flu shot yet, please do that. Uh, you also can get your flu shots from CVS, Walgreens, and a number of other, uh, locations in the, uh, the local area. So thank you very much guys for joining us and we will see you in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.